Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Life in a Backpack, a podcast where we talk about minimalism, working online, and traveling the world on a budget. Today, I wanted to explore something that's caught my attention as I've spent time in a lot of online digital nomad communities. And that is that a very large percentage of people there, relative to other communities, are lurkers. So I find that there's a lot of people who spend really significant amounts of time in these forums and who are really curious about this lifestyle and think that it might be something for them. But there's an intimidation factor there that's stopping them from making that jump. And I think that's a very reasonable position to be in because when you're looking at becoming a nomad, that is a very drastic lifestyle change and also a very drastic deviation from the norm. A large portion of people who decide to pursue a nomadic lifestyle don't have a single reference point within their own lives. They don't know one single other person who is also a nomad and who they can use as kind of a benchmark. And I think that's really disorienting for people and makes it even more intimidating than it was before, because this is something that's really new. Previous generations didn't have the luxury of the really high levels of geographic mobility that we experience nowadays, and so there's very few cultural and logistical reference points to turn to if it's something you're considering. And in particular, I find something that really puts people off and makes them hesitate is when they find out what types of careers you can have as a digital nomad, and they find themselves feeling forced to choose from these careers that are very non-traditional, so to speak, and that are very self-guided. And in some cases are associated with a lot of instability as well. So if, for example, you're a freelance writer or freelance graphic designer, which is something that a lot of digital nomads pursue, then unless you find work on your own, there's not going to be any work. This is not a salary type of income where you have some base level of financial security. And then also because these are very much DIY careers, they don't come with a lot of the other forms of security that a traditional career would provide. So for example, for most of these career tracks, there's no dental plan, there's no healthcare plan, there's no union, there's no minimum wage, nothing like that. And I think this leaves a huge untapped market in the sense that if you were to tell people that they can keep their more traditional job and just do it from their laptops and then work while traveling the world at the same time, they would agree to that instantly. Because for them, it's not so much the nomadic lifestyle itself that is discouraging to them, but a lot of people want the security of knowing that if they decide to quit that lifestyle, they can go back and still reintegrate themselves into the traditional workforce and still have a retirement plan and still have healthcare and dental benefits and all of those other safety nets that people also look for when they go out and look for quote-unquote normal jobs as well. And then there's also a subset of people who don't necessarily want to be fully nomadic. They want to have a home base and they want to have a an apartment or at least a room that they can go back to when they come home. They want to have some sort of stability in their social network. And also a lot of logistical things, like for example, being able to benefit from public health care and being able to file your taxes in your home country and being based in their country of citizenship and other things like that. So today I wanted to take a look at some traditional jobs that are easily convertible so that if you're a nomad for a while and then you decide that you want to be based somewhere instead, you can very easily transition back to that. And also that offer a lot of the same benefits that a lot of traditional jobs have. So that if you're somebody who's just looking for a nice in-between 
or you're curious about a nomadic lifestyle but don't necessarily want to dive right into the deep end, you can pursue a career that allows you to kind of dabble in it a little bit and get the best of both worlds, so to speak. Before we dive into that, though, I just did want to point out that digital nomad means two things. So first is digital and second is nomad. So nomad is usually the one that people immediately jump to, and that is that you're not based anywhere or you come back to your home base very rarely or you otherwise travel a lot. And then digital usually refers specifically to the type of work you do and usually means that you're working on your laptop and you take that laptop with you and you do all of your work online and you don't necessarily show up to work. And today we are going to be looking at a lot of careers that are nomadic, but that aren't necessarily digital. And the reason why I wanted to look at specifically nomadic only careers is because there's already such a plethora of information out there on digital nomad careers and stuff that you can do just on your laptop. And when you just Google digital nomad, you automatically get bombarded with these pages that tell you how to become a graphic designer or how to become an SEO specialist or how to do marketing online. And sometimes people don't even realize that there's a whole world of careers out there that doesn't require you to stare at your laptop for 10 hours a day and doesn't require you to specifically do those four or five things that always get tossed around. So in addition to offering some of these career ideas and discussing them a little bit, I just want to offer a fresh take on what a nomadic lifestyle can look like. So if you're somebody who wants different things out of a career and you're not somebody who necessarily envisions themselves sitting at a beach all day designing a website and you want to interact with people and you want to get out there and physically go to work, you're just aware of the fact that there's a whole range of options out there for you and you don't necessarily have to pursue the cookie cutter route that often gets promoted in digital nomad circles. And speaking of working with people, one of the first careers that I want to look at is that of a flight attendant. So being a flight attendant, I think, is something that's discouraging to a lot of people, simply because when you're a flight attendant, you don't necessarily earn a very high salary. But I think if you're somebody who is interested in traveling and you're going to do that in your life either way, then there's a lot of value in this career beyond just the basic salary that you get. So firstly, as you might be aware, if you're a flight attendant, a lot of your daily expenses get covered. So whenever you're on a work trip, your hotels get covered and you get a stipend for meals and other incidentals. And those things are separate from your base salary. And that might seem like something that's just a small detail at first, but when you actually consider how many days a flight attendant is at work and is sleeping somewhere that's not at home, and you consider the cost of food and toiletries and all the other small expenses that get absorbed by that expense allowance, you can live a significantly cheaper lifestyle than you otherwise would. So that functionally adds to the salary that you're earning. And not only that, but but if you're a flight attendant and you're spending a lot of time away from home, I think you might also opt to spend a lot less on your living accommodations. So instead of buying a house or renting an apartment, you might just approach a friend or a sibling and say, hey, I'm going to be home for only about a week out of every month, so could I rent a room for you? And that's also something to factor in if that's something that you would also do, because if all of a sudden your rent gets cut down from $1,500 a month to, let's say, $400 a month in order to rent that room out, then that's another $1,100 a month that's being added to your salary. 
And then specifically in the realm of traveling, a lot of those expenses are covered too. So you don't necessarily get to choose exactly where you're flying to and how long you get to stay there. But flight attendants do obviously fly for free when they're working. And they do have days off where you can go explore the city that you're in at the moment. And then in addition to that, a lot of flight attendants, their airlines, or sometimes even their partner airlines, will offer them free flights if they're willing to wait on a standby list. Or otherwise, if you're just purchasing a flight outright, they'll give you significant discounts on that. So if you're somebody who knows you're going to be traveling a lot, and that's something that you want to do with your life, then when you're off duty and you're traveling, being a flight attendant is something that can significantly reduce your major travel expenses. So if you're a flight attendant, your base salary is usually going to hang around $40,000 a year. But I think if you take into consideration these things, so for example, the reduced living costs, you can easily work with a salary of around $50,000 to $60,000. And then especially if you're somebody who would spend thousands of dollars traveling and spending money on flights and food and things like that otherwise, then that salary can go up even higher. And then on top of that salary, something to always consider when it comes to the financial side of a particular career is what sort of other benefits it has. And flight attendants do typically have a healthcare plan, a dental plan, and a retirement plan. So if you're somebody who's thinking about becoming a nomad and that's something you're kind of curious about, but you're worried that you're just going to spend your 20s sitting at the beach and only making enough money to break even, and then you're going to come home and you're not going to have basic healthcare benefits and you will have put no money towards your retirement or anything like that, then I think this is a career option that offers you a lot of base level security and what you know that if and when you stop living nomadically and decide you want to be based somewhere again, you're not starting from scratch and you have some things to fall back on. And in particular, you have that retirement plan, which is something that for nomads is often missing. And then something else that I find appealing about this job is the format of it. So this is not something you do on your laptop, and it's something that has very set hours with a lot of free time in between. So if you fly somewhere, you might have just 10 hours, or you might have one or two days where you're sitting around in this city waiting to be put on another flight. And I think the self-contained nature of that job has a couple of soft benefits. So firstly, I think it can really enhance work-life balance and quality of life in general in the sense that there are some jobs where you take your home, your work home with you and you really never stop working, right? So you go to the office, you have your laptop, and then you take your work laptop home and then you're still answering emails. Or if you work online and in particular, if you don't work by the hour, then because you're getting paid for the project and you're only getting paid a set amount, regardless of how long it takes you to do that project, sometimes you forget to take a break in the evening and spend some time just for yourself without working. And you can really easily fall into the trap of just spending all day staring at your computer, working on one project after another until they get done. And this is very much the kind of job where you go to work, you do your hours, and then at the end of the day, you hang up your coat and you go home and you don't have to worry about work anymore. And then you do have that dedicated free time, this leisure time just for yourself, which I find very appealing in a lot of these types of careers. And then not only that, but in this case, if you're somebody who likes traveling, which if you're listening to this podcast probably applies to you, but that leisure time is in another city that you can go explore and you can pursue that passion while you're doing your job. 
But if you're the workaholic type and you don't necessarily crave these self-contained jobs, I think that also opens up another benefit of this, which is because it's self-contained and because it's not something where you're staring at your laptop, it's very easy to pick up another side gig along the side. So if you're somebody who wants to have a second income stream and potentially permanently become a nomad at one point, or you don't see yourself being a flight attendant for your entire life, then that free time can give you time to build up that second income stream and have something else in addition to your primary form of income. So if, for example, you're looking to become a full-time blogger in the future, or you want to pursue freelance journalism, but it's just something that's not stable enough yet for you, or maybe you want to take courses towards a university degree online, this is a job that's very flexible and that really allows for you to pursue other things on the side. So in that sense, I think it can act as a form of security and a foundation for you to pursue the thing that you really want to do. Because a lot of these less stable careers like freelance journalism or like blogging are things that you can really only do if you have the security and the resources in order to be able to dedicate that much time towards it. And so in that sense, I think this is also a job that can act as a stepping stone. And if you use it properly, you can use it as a tool to pursue things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to pursue if you don't have the stability or the resources to do it. And then on that same tangent, I think it's also worth noting that in order to become a flight attendant, you need significantly less training than you do for a lot of other nomadic careers. So it does require a few weeks of training, and in particular, you need to do a lot of safety training for obvious reasons. But it's not something that requires an entirely separate university degree. So if you're looking to get going on living a nomadic lifestyle, this is something that you can do in a matter of months as opposed to a five-year project to even get to the point where you can have this career. But on now here to the second career path, and that is journalism. So I think a lot of the benefits of pursuing a career as a journalist kind of overlap with why people want to become nomads in the first place. And the main benefit lies in the large variety of work environments that you have to choose from. So you can either be a freelance journalism and be your own boss, or you can work on behalf of a network or newspaper or other media organization. You can either travel and do remote assignments, or you can stay put. You can choose which area of journalism you want to be in and what you want to focus on and cover. And then you can also change those things several times throughout your career. So in that sense, I think this is really versatile and it's a career path that not only changes in terms of the actual work you're doing, but it's also something that has the potential to change along with you as a person and along with your priorities in life. And that's something that you really can't say for a lot of different career paths, where the rigidity of the style of work that you do can sometimes clash with the changing priorities that you have in your life and with the lifestyle that you want to live to the point where a lot of people find find themselves mid-career and wanting to do a career switch in order to have that level of flexibility. But apart from that, I think this is also a career path that a lot of nomads in particular would find interesting because if you're somebody who wants to travel the world and learn about the world, that probably means you're also curious about what's going on in it. And journalism is the type of thing where you can really pursue that passion. And you can essentially learn and explore and travel and just interact with the world for a living. And then practically too, this is a career that can come with a lot of the same benefits as having a traditional job or 
even also a lot of the things that we covered in being a flight attendant, i.e. you can have things like benefits, oftentimes your travel expenses are paid, you can often be a salaried employee, or on the flip side, journalism actually allows for a lot of short-term contracts, which for some people is a huge downside because they really want that stability. But if you're somebody who likes that lack of commitment and you like those short-term contracts, then that's actually going to be a huge plus for you. And then lastly, journalism is something that allows you to be your own boss. If you want to be a freelance journalist, you decide which assignments you want to take on and where you want to go. And I think this is in contrast to being a flight attendant in particular, where even though you have some degree of freedom, you don't always get to choose where you want to go and how you how long you want to be there and which routes you want to fly and so on. But if you're freelancing, you can set your own hours and you can decide where you want to travel, both for work and for leisure. And even though things are going to crop up where you're going to be incentivized to go jump up and cover that, ultimately, it's your decision what you want, what type of work you want to do and what environment and work-life balance is acceptable to you. But now we're going to switch gears a little bit and look at a different career that has a very different array of benefits in contrast to the previous two that we've covered. And that has a very different flavor to it and is for people who are looking for a very different type of lifestyle and who have different priorities than the previous two might offer. And that is the larger realm of coding and programming. So the previous two career paths that we've covered are very similar in a lot of ways and give you a lot of freedom to travel, but they can both suffer in terms of salary. And I think this is an important consideration because it's just a really high priority for some people. And in particular, if you're somebody who's looking to become a nomad, you're likely to be somebody who's in their 20s and 30s and 40s and who wants to have a high paying career early in their life so that they can put some of that away and have a little bit of stability then going forward. And or for some people, a high salary is just not something that's negotiable and they don't want to have to give that up in order to pursue a nomadic lifestyle. And a higher salary can also come with a lot of benefits, especially when you don't have expenses that are covered, such as in the case of a flight attendant. So some people are okay with staying in hostels and with traveling on a budget and so on, but some people don't want to have to worry about that. And some people just want a job that offers a lot of financial security and allows them not to have to cut corners. So they might want to stay in hotels on a regular basis. Maybe they're looking to buy a house in the future and have kids, or they have other lifestyle goals that just requires that type of salary. And STEM fields, and this in particular, is a really good avenue for that. If you're somebody who's looking at bare minimum to earn above 50k, but ideally break into the six figures, then this is something that can act as a vehicle to allow for that, especially if you also have other passive income opportunities on the side that you're pursuing. And then in addition to that, I think something worth pointing out about this is that it's good for people who want the security of having a job that requires a university degree and having that education in their back pocket. Certainly, if you don't want to go to university, then you can also pursue the coding bootcamp route. But if you want a university degree and you want to have a marketable skill that you can fall back on for the remainder of your life, 
and that will hopefully stay in demand and you then want to apply that to some sort of career path, then this is something that's very lucrative in terms of getting a salary that's proportional to that skill and also in terms of translating back to the traditional work environment if you decide that being a nomad is no longer something that you want to do and you don't want to do any more freelance work and you just want to work in a traditional office environment. This is also a path that's more flexible than the previous two in terms of the actual travel that you're doing. So unlike the previous two where you do have to be in a set place at a set time to perform some sort of task, this is something that is completely free and nomadic. So you can choose where you want to work from, you could be anywhere in the world at any given time. And you also don't really need to be based anywhere. And this also has additional benefits in terms of living expenses. So you don't need to pay pay rent on an apartment when you come home because you don't necessarily ever need to be home. And you can basically be on the road anywhere you want virtually indefinitely. So this is definitely a path that has a higher degree of freedom in comparison to some of the other things that we're talking about here. But just staying on this path of skilled work for a second, I wanted to talk about a similar career path, and that is being a travel nurse. And similarly here, this is a type of skilled work. It's something that you can expect to be in demand in the future. It's something that requires a post-secondary education, and also something that pays accordingly. So some people aren't familiar with the concept of a travel nurse, so in case you don't know what that is, a travel nurse is basically just like a regular nurse, except they jump around to different facilities and different areas depending on need. So oftentimes in some places there are staffing shortages or just a higher need for nurses during a particular period of time. So as a travel nurse, you would hop around in different places, and if there's an area that needs nurses for whatever reason, then you would go to that place and you would essentially just jump in as a temporary nurse and fill that gap. And then after some period of time, you would move on to the next assignment. So travel nurses can easily earn into the six figures. And as such, this is a relatively financially lucrative career. It's also considered a relatively secure career path. So obviously there's nothing that's going to leave you completely immune to getting laid off or getting fired or anything like that. But simply because this is something that's in such high demand, it's often relatively easy to find a job position relative to other career paths. And then in addition to that, a lot of travel nurses also get stipends. So you do have some of your living expenses that get paid on top of that, depending on where it is you work. The one thing to note that kind of makes this an exceptional one is that as a travel nurse, you won't necessarily be able to travel around the world, but more realistically, you're probably going to be traveling around the country. And that might be something that's not really appealing to some people, but again, hopefully this gives you a little bit of inspiration and it's something that gets you thinking about the different paths that are out there and what a nomadic lifestyle could look like beyond just sitting on a beach in Thailand. So this is the kind of thing that rather than living out of a backpack and traveling to a different continent every week, you could buy yourself a trailer and you could travel around the country and do different assignments in different places and have that house on wheels. So have a little bit of a familiar environment that always comes with you and have all of your stuff with you. You can have a full closet full of clothes. 
and your Xbox hooked up to your TV and things like that, right? So if you're the kind of person who's looking at a nomadic lifestyle and you like the idea of traveling a lot and you like the idea of hopping around for work, but you don't necessarily like the idea of always living in hotels or hostels and always having to choose from the same five t-shirts and so on, then this is something that I think is a really good option for you. And then the last career path I wanted to look at is being a tour guide. So this is something that I think works really well for people who really like traveling in the touristy sense. So if you're somebody who travels because you love history and you love architecture and you love different cultures and you like showing people those things and you want to turn travel itself into a career, then this is literally that. You're interacting with a lot of these same infrastructure that you would while you're you're traveling. You're meeting people who are from all sorts of different places. The schedule is hectic and unpredictable and really every day brings something else. And I think this is what a lot of people really like about backpacking and what I in particular like about backpacking is just the chaos and that feeling of always having to be on your feet and always being in a new and unfamiliar place. The only caveat I would give as kind of a reminder is not to over-romanticize this. So in this situation, you're not the guest. You're the person who's organizing the tour. And as such, you're going to have to work with different people. And when something goes wrong, you're the person who's going to be the one who has to fight through layers of bureaucracy and language barriers and so on in order to fix it. And basically, you're not on vacation, right? Which is to be expected, and that's what you're getting paid for. But sometimes when people try to turn their passion into a career, there's that very common pitfall of over-romanticizing what it's actually going to look like. And you don't want to lose your passion for traveling in the process of trying to pursue it. So that's almost a wrap for this episode, but I hope that this has just kind of inspired you to think outside the box a little bit and explore what options are out there and really create a life for yourself and not assume that the standard set of options is the set that you're also limited to. So if you want to be a digital nomad, but the idea of sitting in a hostel doing web development for the rest of your life just isn't something that seems appealing to you and you kind of feel forced in that direction, just take a step back and start with the question of what it is that you want your life to look like and then look for options that are more suited to that. Because I think when we stumble upon a lifestyle that really clicks for us, that's something that we intuitively know. And hopefully you can find the career and the lifestyle balance that does that for you as well. So that's it for this episode. If you haven't subscribed to this show yet, please consider doing so. And in either case, we will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening.